Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Tough Love Terry podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with you about the idea of abundance and how we can start to look for it as it appears in our lives. For most of us, we have more than we think we do, but our brains are just hardwired to look for what's not going right. And so, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the brain science behind it. We're going to talk a little bit about different practices to help you start to see the abundance that's coming and ultimately allow you to open up to allow more abundance to come your way. All right. So yeah, let's get into it. Before we jump into the episode, I just want to take a few seconds to remind you about the workshop that I'm hosting in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, starting October 24th until the 29th. This is going to happen right after Body Image Bootcamp, and it is my self-expression retreat. Essentially, it's going to be five nights and six days of self-work and expression, which means we are going to be taking you through all the good things. We're going to be talking about stress strengths, working through self-portraits, art, movement, embodiment, healing, all the beautiful things. We're going to be doing writing, literally every form of self-expression that we can think of, we are going to tap into. And we are going to hang out together. We're going to stay in the same house together and have an amazing time. If you want more information on everything that's going to happen that week, feel free to check out the website at terryhoffer.com forward slash self. All right, let's get into the episode. So let's talk about abundance. I know this is like a super like hoo-hoo-y word uh, that obviously is that floats around in self-help and self-love circles and things like that. But it truly is something that each of us deserves. But more importantly than that, each of us has is just we're a little more hardwired to think that we don't. And so in today's episode, I really want to break down for you first of all, what is happening in our brain to make us uh, to make us not look for the things going right in our world and focus so heavily on the things that are going wrong. There's a few different things at play. Um, I'm not going to go into them super in depth because obviously I want to keep your attention span for the majority of this podcast, but I'll touch on it enough because I do believe understanding what's happening in our brains gives us power to be able to manage it a bit more. So once we once we go through that kind of stuff, then we're going to talk about a few of the ways that I personally have come to appreciate and take stock of the free flowing abundance that does show up in my life and things that I've had to kind of counteract in my own thought processes to recognize that I have more than I think I do. Because for a lot of us, uh, number one, a lot of us tend to push away things that are flowing to us because we don't think we're deserving enough. We don't think uh, we should be allowed to have those things. We feel guilty for taking things. And so we push it away. Uh, And so it's very easy to say like, oh, I don't have enough of that. Well, yeah, because you keep pushing it away, right? It's not that it's not coming to you. 
It's that you're the one that's pushing it away. And then alternatively to that, it is coming to us and we are seeing it, but we are just, some of us are a bit more hardwired to focus on the negative and that's totally okay. We just need to know that about ourselves. So yeah, so we're going to talk about a few of those different things. So let's start first with what the hell's happening in our brain to make us not want to notice all this beautiful goodness that is flowing our way. So first of all, let's focus on the idea of uh, negativity bias. And I may have talked about this before on the podcast, but essentially negativity bias is that our brain is very hardwired to focus more on negativity because that is where the risk lies, the risk of um, our survival, essentially. Our brain learned early on, if we want to survive as a species, we need to pay attention to all the negativity in our life so we can prepare ourselves to survive whatever is coming our way. Because of that, we tend to focus more heavily and stay in the experiences that are more negative. They impact us a lot more. So for example, if you are to experience a really pleasant moment with someone you love, it feels great, it's fun, it's enjoyable, and you experience one negative experience with that person where maybe you're yelling at each other and having uh, what my husband and I call discussions, you're having um, a, a, an argument where, you know, your temper flares up and you get mad and hurt and all these things. You're going to remember that far more than that positive experience that you had with your partner. The thing is, our brain, essentially, they've boiled it down to for every one uh, one positive or for every one negative thing, you need to have five positives to kind of neutralize it. So just thinking about that, we have to work really hard to actively be looking for the things that are going right in our life because our brain is hardwired to do the opposite. And so and that being said, there are some people, and I mentioned this earlier, that there are some people who are more hardwired for negativity. We like to call those people problem solvers because they can see problems everywhere and usually they love to come up with solutions. But a lot of times, because they're seeing problems everywhere, it can cause a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry, and a lot of um we'll say practiced, uh, looking for the worst possible, the worst outcome of a situation. And so the thing that that comes down to it, like I said, is that you could be experiencing all this beautiful stuff coming towards you, but because your brain doesn't care as much about the pleasure center as much as it does the, the risk and pain centers of your brain, it's going to pay more attention to any time things go wrong. So knowing this about yourself, we need to make sure that you are spending time daily looking at and looking for evidence that's going to prove to your brain that no, good things are happening. Uh, There are people that love me. There are people that support me. I do have money flowing in. My business is doing well. Here are some great testimonials, et cetera, et cetera. If we are not doing that work, what's going to happen is we 
are only going to notice the times our partner, you know, makes a passive aggressive comment. We're only going to notice the negative comment on our Instagram post. We're going to notice that one client rescheduled out of 15 clients and you're going to think that your business is failing. And so it's very easy to fall into this lack mindset, which is also feeding into this idea. And so that's the that's the first part. It's just negativity bias is huge. And that's kind of what starts the catalyst for where our attention is going. If we just let it run on its own, we're always just going to be looking for what's going wrong. So we as evolved humans with a prefrontal cortex that allows us to critically think need to actively be looking for the things that are going right. Because here's the cool thing, good or bad, is that as much as our brain also loves to recognize experiences and things like that, it also likes to be right. So it's going to look for evidence to support its belief. And what I mean by that is, well, it's called confirmation bias, but essentially, if you believe truly in your heart of hearts that, oh, I'm, I'm a poor person, or nobody loves me, I'm unworthy, uh, my business is shit, whatever the thing is, you are actively looking for evidence to support that. So again, your brain, because it's easier to go negative anyways, it's like, oh, See, I knew it. When a client reschedules, you're like, I knew it. I'm a terrible business person. Or when you have, uh, when your partner, again, makes a passive aggressive comment just because they had a bad day, you're going to say, oh, I knew it. I'm, I'm unlovable because of who I am as a person. And none of that is actually true because those are external circumstances that you really have no bearing on. That's just your partner was going through their own thing. Your you know, business is its own entire thing that's not personal, it's just what happens. But we look for it as evidence to support the beliefs that we have about ourselves. And so it can be really easy that if we are focusing more on the things that are going wrong, we are just going to keep looking for evidence and confirmation that things always go wrong. Which brings me to the next brain thing, which is this idea of polarity. So let's just recap. We have first negativity bias where we just naturally want to look for negativity. Once we hang on to that negativity, then our brain looks for confirmation. So it's looking for evidence. Then we fall into this idea of polarity thinking. And this, again, is where our lizard brain takes over our... our um, or like kind of our fear emotional brain takes over and says, oh, I knew it. Nobody loves me or everybody hates me or, oh, all my business is dumb. Like whatever. It's all this like all or nothing type of thinking which feeds into confirmation bias, which feeds into negativity bias. <laughs> so you can see how these things just kind of pile on each other. And these are all evolutionary behaviors that we have. So just, just keep that in mind. There's nothing wrong with these thoughts that you have. There's nothing, nothing like you're not a bad person for thinking this way. It truly is preconditioned, things that we've learned, plus evolutionary biases at play here. But the thing is, is because we have this polarity thinking, we might fall into the trap of saying things like, oh, nobody loves me. And that really confirms the belief that I'm unlovable. 
And what happens there is even though we have a partner that truly loves us unconditionally or, you know, a parent that does love us unconditionally, we kind of wipe that away and sum it all up as nobody. And that allows us to sink into this lack mentality again that, oh, nobody likes me. Or similarly, if we think like, oh, I never make any money or I whatever. Even though you have money coming in, if you truly believe that you are not deserving of financial reward, you are going to spend it, you are going to get rid of it, and or somebody's going to back out of, you know, maybe a client doesn't pay you as much or they just like don't pay you at all, you're going to take that as, oh, all my clients, like they, none of my clients appreciate me which isn't true. It was one client that didn't appreciate you, not all of your clients. But this all or nothing thinking can really get us stuck in this, um, in the confirmation of these beliefs that are uh, not supporting uh, of who we want to be as people. And so one way we can counteract, and this is my favorite tool, and I do this a lot if you've ever been to Botany Image Bootcamp or any of my workshops, <laughs> one of my favorite tools to use is I love to catch people when they use this all or nothing thinking, oh, I, I'm always bad at math. This is something I used to say about myself. And so I would ask myself, is that true? Are you really always bad at math? And then I have to look and say like, well, obviously not because I run a successful business and I've been able to do my taxes appropriately for the last few years. And, you know, I do most of the time I'm actually quite good with numbers if I have the right, um, the right time to do it in and I don't feel pressure, you know, nobody's watching me. Like I am good at math, I just need to do it in my own way. But because I have this b original belief from when I was younger, negativity bias feeds into, oh, see, you're, you're stupid because you're bad at math which is confirmed by these situations where I was either humiliated or, um, you know, where I would get flustered or I failed a math test or whatever it was. So that further confirms it. And then I fall into polarity thinking of, oh, I'm just always bad at math. And then I have to ask myself, is this true? Is this 100% true? And I see this a lot with people that are like, oh, nobody loves me. Really? Nobody loves you? Not one person, not one pet, not one. There's not one person in the world that truly cares about you. You, I'm certain you can find one person. And I found for myself, because I, I, this is something like really deeply in my subconscious. I think I did have a belief that I wasn't as loved as other people. Because negativity bias, confirmation bias, and polarity thinking. And during a new moon exercise we had to do, I one of the activities was just start writing a list of people that, you know, you can turn to or that love you unconditionally. Uh, and you could pretty much do anything and they would be by your side. Um, and, I, and at first I started slow, like, you know, mom, Corey, 
Ryan, you know, listing the people that are closest to me, Jill, Stephanie, and then I kept going, and I realized as I wrote this out physically on a piece of paper, there are a lot of people that love me, and love me unconditionally, and support me, and create safety for me, and I just was in such a place where I couldn't see it because I wanted to confirm the belief to myself that I was unlovable. So I was looking for proof that nobody loved me. But as soon as I started to write it out, and here's where this activity of writing is really important. When you write things out, and I know people talk about journaling all the time, and it can get overwhelming to think about that. But even just doing things in a list form is okay. But writing it out on paper allows it to become objective for your brain, which alerts your critical, your prefrontal cortex, that critical thinking piece again. And why that's important is because you want to think of your prefrontal cortex like your brake to the gas pedal of your emotional brain, the amygdala. So whenever you're spiraling, nobody loves me, you want to push the brake down to stop yourself from spiraling into that. And the brake would look like, wait, I'm going to stop for two seconds. I'm just going to make a list of people that I do know that love me. And so you write it down. Even if there's only one person on that list, that is enough to counteract the nobody loves me. And I just watched Bridesmaids the other day, and it reminds me of that episode, uh, the part in Bridesmaids where Melissa McCarthy's character comes in, you know, where she's like has all the puppies and, um, uh, what's her, what the hell's the main character's name? Whatever. Uh, Kristen, uh, Kristen's character is like, oh, poor me. Like, I don't have any friends. And Melissa McCarthy, Melissa McCarthy's character is like, really? Because I see a friend right here that's sitting with you. And then she like bothers her a bit more. But essentially, that's exactly what we need to do is we need to bring our attention to the things that are abundant in our life, because it's very easy for us to not do that. So all that to say, We have a lot of brain things working against us to see that abundance can be ours or is already ours. There's a lot of things. There's beliefs. There's all these biases. There's all this good stuff that I talk about uh, when I do coachings with people and through my workshops and things like that. And just through continuous practice, just read through all my social media posts and you'll find ideas on how to do this. But essentially, we need to be developing practices in our daily life to teach ourselves because nobody taught us this. Nobody taught us how to look for the good. Um, Even like even though I did have parents and grandparents that were, you know, they were a bit I don't want to say better than most, but they were very much guided to helping us see the positive or things like that. Like my grandma always used to say, look for the good and the bad. When uh, her husband died, she said, "There's even though it's really hard right now, I know something good will come of this. Like she was always focused on that goodness. And so even though I grew up with that, we're not taught the tools on how to 
basically train our brain to look for these good things. And the reality is, is you can't just do it for a short time and then stop. It does have to become an ongoing practice, which is why a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to do it. But the reality is, if you want things to change, you do have to change the things that you do. And trust me, it's so much more beautiful when you start to recognize that there's beautiful things coming to you. Ah, I did want to touch on one other thing that gets in our way, which could also be a catalyst, is comparison. And if you're on social media, that's not helping you. So when you're, so let's go down this trail. So let's say you're scrolling on social media, bloop, 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 and you come across somebody who is perceived, you perceive them to be doing better than you. Okay, again, note the word perceive. So they're like, oh my God, I just had like a $15,000 sale. And that you compare to yourself and you're like, oh God, like I I can never have a $15,000 sale. Did you hear it? polarity thinking never right uh so that's first but then that goes into negativity bias oh i of course they can have that or of course i'll never have that and then confirmation uh a client you know books your lowest collection for $900 or whatever. And you're like, see, I knew it. I knew that I'll never be able to be like them. And then that feeds into polarity thinking, I'll never be able to be like them, right? You can see how all of these things just feed into each other to make us feel like shit. When the reality is, is you had a client spend money with you. It doesn't matter what the amount is. That could have been a lot of money for them to spend with you. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that a beautiful thing that you have clients willing to spend any amount of money with you to participate in your artistic endeavor or buy your product or take your workshop or your class or whatever the thing is? Because ultimately, you're the one that sets your prices. So, you know, you have no one to blame about that except for yourself. So that's the thing is we're so busy looking at what we don't have, who we're not, what we're not, that we stop, we fail to recognize everything that is trying to come to us. Because I remember when I was, when I first started my photography business, I was charging a lot less for a lot more stuff because I didn't know any different. And again, I had to work through my own money mindset and do things like that. But very quickly, I realized that, oh, I have clients that are willing to spend whatever amount. That means there will probably be clients that once I'm leveled up and providing this type of service, that will be ready to spend X amount of money for my expertise, my talent, and so on. I trusted the process and I was always looking for evidence for my abundance instead of against my abundance to drive me to do more. And so here's the thing. I am not, uh, this is really important for people that like a lot of times people look at me and think I have my shit together, that I, you know, that I don't have body image issues or that I'm making good money and that I, you know, don't feel lack or things like that. Uh, no, 
I am like everyone else. I have beliefs about myself that I sometimes think that I'm unlovable, that I am not worthy. I reject money really easily because it makes me uncomfortable. I, um, I question myself. I obviously have not super great body image days sometimes because, you know, 27 plus years of thinking one way is not going to be undone in five years. So it's really important. It was really important for me to recognize that I have to develop practices to undo the things that my brain naturally wants to do and teach myself a way of doing things differently. And so that's what we're going to go through now. Now we know kind of what are all the things contributing to us, looking at the negative, confirming these beliefs about ourselves. How can we get out of it? And I already touched on a few of the activities. Number one, when you catch yourself in polarity thinking, ask yourself, do I know this to be 100% true? Is it 100% true that nobody loves me or that I'll never make any money or that I never manage money well or whatever your belief is? Listen for the polarity, either it's all or nothing thinking. So either nobody or everybody or nothing and always uh, or never and always. So that's the type of wording that you'll have in your thoughts and pay attention to is it supporting you becoming the person you want to be or is it focusing on uh, scarcity, lack, um, you know, thinking that things are finite and so on. So that's the first thing. That was really important for me to recognize how I developed this polarity thinking and recognize that, no, 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 that's not true. Sometimes I'm not great at math. And sometimes, you know, I don't have people pay their bills. And sometimes I... Uh, sometimes I do have people pay their bills. Sometimes I am good at math. It makes... It, it neutralizes it. It's so much better for you to move forward to creating new beliefs about yourself if you can just go like, actually, sometimes I'm cute. Sometimes I'm a great person. Sometimes whatever. It doesn't mean you have to be like all the time I'm this because that also puts pressure on you. But just start with sometimes, okay? So that's number one. Pay attention to your polarity thinking. Number two, and this is what I put in my Instagram post, I want you to make a list of a few things. So let's say you're feeling unloved. I want you to make a list of people that love you unconditionally. Let's say you feel insecure about your body. I want you to make a list of things that you love about your body, that your body does for you. All right. And and think of it like you might have to really stretch yourself to do that. But I really want you to sit with it and think of it. Make a list of five to ten things. If you're feeling a sense of lack or like you're like, oh, I don't have enough of whatever it is. I want you to make a list of opportunities that have come your way or money that has come into you within the last year. Make a list of five to 10 things that have come your way, opportunities, financial, or whatever you consider lack to be. Um, make a list of those things and do this with a pen and paper. Do not just think it like that's a good start, but really take time to journal this. 
All right. Pay attention. Make a list of instances where money came in, no matter how much, even if it was like, oh, I found a dime on the ground yesterday. Um, or, you know, I was cleaning out my, I put my winter coat away and I found a $5 bill in my pocket. That's money coming to you. It was money you forgot that you had and then you found it. So that's money coming to you. So make a list of that. Okay. And then if you are somebody that is struggling with like feeling secure or confident in your business, go through and make a Google document right now that has uh, all your client testimonials or messages people have sent you on social media to tell you that the work that you're doing has changed their life. This was a game changer for me because I'm somebody that also is always striving for more, wanting to have the biggest impact I possibly can, but that can lead me to never feeling like enough is enough. Like I need to do more. I need to, you know, go harder. And then I work myself into burnout, which isn't great. And so I need a list of, you know, I need to know that I'm making a difference. That's that does fill up my cup. So every time I have a beautiful message come in, even if it's not from a client, like someone that's paid for my service, but something that has seen something on my social media and they, you know, sent me this beautiful long message about how it's inspired them to take action, uh, I put that in a Google document. So then that way I can refer to it when I'm having these moments of feeling like I'm not doing enough. And so this is, and this is where the practice comes in. Number one, doing the list thing is really important. Do that. But also keep those lists somewhere. So when you're having those days where you don't feel lovable, because this is all stuff that will pop up from different triggers and different things that happen in your life, because it doesn't go away overnight, you will have evidence to counteract the old beliefs that you used to have. And this is going to help you recognize that, wait a minute, I am loved. I do have people, you know, that love and support and value my work. I am good at what I do. I do need to show up today. I am passionate about this. It's just going to keep you focused on what is going right instead of what is going wrong. Okay, and so that's really, 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 really important for you to make that a practice. Another thing you can do if you like sticky notes or maybe you have a blank wall, maybe in your closet, your bathroom, whatever, where you look at daily or you can make it the wallpaper of your computer Maybe make those into like a beautiful poster so that every day you have you're looking at evidence that says I'm loved, I'm supported, I'm valued, I'm appreciated, da 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 da. Because we need to physically see that information because the beliefs are so deeply rooted in our subconscious that we need to rework those neural pathways. And that requires consistency. It doesn't mean just making that list once and being okay with it. It means you have to keep reminding yourself, keep telling your brain, catching the thought, the all or nothing thought, catching the comparison, catching all these things and saying like, wait, that actually isn't true. Wait, that's not what I believe anymore. Wait, I am loved regardless of what this part of my brain is telling me and so on. 
Okay, so it's really important for us to understand that all those things are totally normal. Everything that you're feeling is totally normal. Having negative thoughts is totally normal. This is just humanity is complex as shit. So it's important for us to learn how can we manage the ways that our brain is working. And this is just a few of the ways that I do it. One of the things I want to caution you against, because I do see some people who are like bigger names, um, talking about doing it this way. It's like when you feel like you don't have enough, they suggest comparing yourself to people that have it worse than you do. But I don't like that because it is what we call downwards comparison, which means you are looking to other people to determine where you stand, which contributes further to this hierarchical thinking. And the problem with that is you you never know you, we are all one step away from becoming worse off than we currently are. So if we're comparing ourselves to people who we consider to be worse off, whatever that looks like in whatever realm you're thinking about, we very much could find ourselves in that situation, right? And so if we have been like, oh, at least I'm not this, and then we do find ourselves in that situation, how do you think we're going to feel when we're in that situation? not great. Uh, Other people, it shouldn't matter what other people have or are doing or otherwise, right? So I want to encourage you to stay away from downwards comparison and instead reflect internally and look at what is going right in my world right now. And I know lots of people talk about gratitude practices, you know, making sure you make a list every day. What are three things you're grateful for? And I find that a really hard uh, to make it like a gratitude journal. That's not exciting for me if I'm being honest. But instead, sometimes what I'll do is just random times throughout the day, I'll just stop. And again, it becomes a practice because you have to do it more and more and then it becomes a habit. But occasionally I'll just stop and be like, oh, the sky is so beautiful right now. Or today it was raining and I was just like, Ah, the rain makes me think of my dad. Like, I'll just stop and savor a small, beautiful, seemingly insignificant part of my day. I don't just want to celebrate the big, explosive, passionate things that happen while those are great. I also want to find beauty in the insignificant things that happen in my day to recognize that beauty is always here. Uh, Abundance is always here. Love is everywhere around me. Like when I see little hearts, you know, graffiti hearts places, I'm like, love is everywhere. It reminds me. Um, And then the last thing I'll touch on here because I'm already at the half hour mark. So thank you for sticking in there if you have is uh, the last thing I would suggest is curate your newsfeed. One of the best things that I ever did was um, I started following, number one, a lot of animal accounts because it makes me so grateful that we have these beautiful animal connections uh, with our world. Like it's one of the beautiful things we get to experience as humans is interacting with animals, seeing animals and appreciating them for all their pure goodness and magic. And in doing that, it's going to help you appreciate your own magic because we as well are animals. 
So that's number one. Number two is to follow a lot of like good news uh, accounts. There's so many different ones. Uh, if you just, I usually will post them, like post things that I really like into my stories. So if you follow me on Instagram, uh, just always watch my stories and then feel free to follow the accounts that I follow. But that has made a huge difference because what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm curating the good that is happening. Because I like to do a lot of activism and I'm trying to change culture essentially in terms of how we feel about our bodies and things like that, it can get very heavy very fast. And so I need to be cultivating joy, beauty, and abundance essentially. I need to make myself very aware that there is still good because it's it will be very easy for me to get run down, overwhelmed, or um, or just think that everything's pointless. And so And I see this happening a lot. People uh, tend to watch the news a lot or you're on social media. So you get the same news story a thousand times. And again, that turns on like when we see these things that are really heavy a, a lot of times, it's turning on our amygdala, that emotional fear center of our brain. When that comes online, our critical thinking goes offline which means we fall into polarity thinking, oh, the world is going to shit. Is it? I mean, there are certain things in our world that are shitty, yes, but there's also a lot of beauty happening in our world right now. You can look for that. You just have to actively look for it. The media doesn't, the traditional media does not sensationalize positive things as much as they do negative things because our brains are hardwired for negativity. So they'll know we watch that more. This is why we clickbait things to learn more about the bad things happening than we do about the positive things happening. Okay, so we need to start to manage and curate and cultivate because what this is going to do is this is going to make room. Once you start seeing all the beauty that is actually with you right now, you're not going to be looking for it in external sources like comments, likes, shopping, food, alcohol, drugs, and so on, because you will be cultivating this practice. And to be honest, for myself, when I find myself falling back into habits of binge eating or binge shopping or things like that, it is because I have stopped practicing looking for the good that is going on in the world. I have stopped actively trying to see the good. And so my default coping mechanisms kick in to override that, which end up making me feel worse, not better in the long run. Okay, so hopefully this was helpful because I want everyone to just, and this isn't to be talk, just an FYI, not to be like toxic, this is never a word, toxically positive, but instead to help you see that sometimes bad things happen, but also sometimes good things happen. All right, both these things can happen at the same time. Our brain, our brains are capable of recognizing that two things can exist at the same time. And the more you practice that, that dichotomous thinking, 
the more emotionally regulated you will become, which means you will have a better chance of building up your self-esteem, your self-efficacy, your confidence, and uh, yeah, just make you more at peace with who you are as a beautiful person that you are. Okay, and if you're going to start making a list of people that love you, feel free to put me at the top of your list, because even though you might be like, well, you don't even know me, Terry. Listen, I love everybody unconditionally, because if I want that for myself, I have to give it to other people. Okay, which is why when people come to my workshops and events and things like that, the one thing they always say is that they felt like they could be themselves wholly and uh, wholly and completely and without judgment. I will love you unconditionally, so put me on your list. All right. Enjoy your week, my friends, and I will hopefully see you next week. Bye.